and welcome to Seize the GM. If you're looking to get started GMing, we're here to help. And if you're a GM with a few levels under your experience belt, we are here to help you find your prestige class. Let us take you through some common questions, concerns, and the fun challenges that every GM will face. We have our ideas, our opinions, and some might even say answers that we want to share. So pull up a chair, dust off your dice, and let us help you seize the GM. Hello and welcome back to ZZJM! Greetings out there. It's good to be back. Uh, what the heck took over your brain there, dude? I don't but know. no, we, we today it's it's a new year. It's a whole six months of screwing up writing stuff on your checks. So yay. But Garde has returned. There must be yes. cheering and celebration and uh, somebody make filet. Much rejoicing. Much rejoicing. Yes, and, and somebody somebody uh, somebody break out the filet. Yeah. <laughs> but yes, it's good to be back. I'm happy to be contributing once again to our Edenship extravaganza. And hopefully everybody had a really fantastic time getting to this point. And I'm going to spend some time in this year kind of catching up and fleshing out my ideas for uh, the topics I didn't get to join everybody on for the last couple of months. Yeah, definitely. Because we did a few. A few. <laughs> So, what are we going to talk about this evening? Uh, well, I mean, at the end of the no. day, we've got to populate an interesting kind of world, and humans are all fine and good, and I'm, I'm kind of a fan of humans and, and that setup, but we've got a little bit of sci-fi going on, so we really ought to have some kind of alien component. Yes. Mm. Ah, yeah, yeah, point. You're right, you're right. Yeah. And when you're right, you're right. That's better than being left. <laughs> At least left behind. But here, uh, oh gosh. Uh. So now the question's going to be, since none of us have talked to each other about what we prepared, how similar any of our ideas are? Well, one of the big things that I've always thought about with this is alien life forms. Well, they can and really should be alien. Mm. <laughs> they, they shouldn't really be something that most people have an easy time relating to because they don't fall under the same restrictions and cultural norms that we have. And the thing is, life form does not always mean sentient or sentience. No, doesn't have to be. And uh, and the thing is, is like <clears throat> intelligence, sentience, and sentience also could be there, but we can't bloody understand it. You know, yes. it, it's uh, we only were able to even kind of sort of understand a little bit of the mentality of the Borg when we got the variants and the outliers that weren't supposed to be there. You know, <laughs> it's like the glitches that were able to give some type of insight. Yeah. Hive minds yep. or 
uh, you know, distributed consciousness, all that other kind of stuff. It's like, hmm. Uh, yeah. So here, here's the thing, for, for gentlemen, what did, the stuff that you came up with, sentient, sentience, interactive, hostile, what was your flavors? What did you want to do? Well, at first I was having a hard time coming up with some ideas, even though I've had, you know, we haven't really sat down to work on anything for a while. I actually had been kind of disconnected from everything for, for like a month and a half. And then near the end of this, I had, you know, COVID. So that was fun. Not helpful for creating things. Yeah. (laughs) You're going to laugh what kind of gave me the, um, uh, at least kind of like the, the, the breath and impetus for what I was writing. And I was just, I was like, I can't think of anything. Life forms, life forms, life forms. And Zip starts coming down stairs and he starts singing the song from, I, I, I can't remember. I think it's first contact, Star Trek first contact. Life forms, pretty little life forms. And he starts singing it and I start laughing. And then I'm like, damn it. <laughs> all right. I came up with a couple after that because it was just because the show for all types of life. And I'm like, okay, not just, okay. They're not just getting for humanoids. They're just get, oh, okay, life forms, all type. Mm, I could do this. And it just broke yeah. what I was the, kind of like that stale thing. And, but because of the song that Data sung on First Contact, really? <laughs> <laughs> Very nice. What, what about you, Garbage? Where, where did some of the inspire come from? I honestly had uh, just kind of been going through a, a couple of weird news stories as I was running around this evening. Um, these are both things that just kind of came together as, as I sat down to prep. And you'll probably be able to see what the, the stories, the kind of weird science stories were uh, when I actually go through describing it. But it was a, huh, I can take that into a channel my inner jewels and, and zen and make something slightly creepy and post-apocalyptic fitting for still a sci-fi era. Uh, that is yes, each of them each of them is, is, is modeled slightly <coughs> off of one of your respective uh, tendencies as I perceive them. Figures. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking I, I, about. I, Nothing that I have ever created. Yeah, you're lying there, my friend. You're lying. <laughs> I can't even say it without laughing. Okay. It's just how much I missed both of you. <laughs> we, we missed you too. We, we missed your cleverness, your wit, and your creativity. Since you've been away the longest, though, why don't you start us off with your first alien life form? Oh, okay. The Mycos. It, it took quite a while to kind of figure out why the mass distributions seemed to be off between the quadrants of the ship. I mean, things were yeah, close to the expected mass, but just different enough to uh, require an adjustment here and there. It wasn't until some poor prophylaxis phylum initiate was tasked with cleaning out the recycling ducts near her honor Kazuya's quarters that the first hint of the mycosapioids were discovered. Unfortunately, we've lost the name of that initiate likely due to some unavoidable mishap with the the first contact with, with the mycos, as they're called. 
It's hard enough to get all the factions going along with one plan, but when you are dealing with a distributed fungal consciousness, it is even more of a challenge. As best as the big brains aboard the Eden ship can figure out, one of the little planet-hopping explorations brought back a microscopic piece of fungus that you know, started to replicate as fungus is wont to do within the waste reclamation system. Combine this with an opportunity for unadulterated cosmic radiation and some amount of time, and it's evolved into something else. Now, the signs of sentience were hard to notice at first, but rudimentary communication was eventually established, uh, even if it's mostly amounting to marking territories off-limits, uh, ensuring a specific amount of a, a nutrient density for the mycos, and their continued improvement on the reclamation and, and biological systems of the ship. The trade-off has been almost seamless, save a, a few crew who wandered too far astray and were consumed by the mycos. It's certainly creepy enough to find a slightly pulsing blanket of fungus down a repair shaft, but recently reports have filtered back that the mycos are starting to form vaguely human-shaped mushroom lattices. Are they still evolving, or is this what happened on whatever planet they came from? And what can you manage to barter with this seemingly sentient ocean of connected fungus? Ooh, I like it. Fun. Oh. Oh, that's fun. Oh, that's wicked. <laughs> nice. Well done. I like it. <laughs> glad, to, glad to be back. And tying it back into stuff I'd put in there way back when, when we were you know, putting together all of our Little factions and bits. It, it ties together. Yeah. It's all connected, as they say. <laughs> Nothing is... Oh, yeah. It is yeah, totally, yeah. And well, now I'm terrified. And because of that, Jules, I think you should wait and Zen should go next. All right. Scare me even more, son. Scare me even more. Okay. Beetle bro. The tug at that corner of your thoughts, it, it's distracting. You've noticed this happening more and more as days go by. What is that tug that you feel, though? You aren't sure, but it, it might be the tug because you feel like you're missing something? What is it that you're missing, though? Also, what does everyone around you seem not right? Things are not just a problem for you, but for those that you care about as well. But what is really going in, on inside that skull of yours? Well, sometimes life finds a way, as the old saying goes. This time life is a bit hard to accept with this form. Thought has given rise to life and how it propagates. This time, the thought has come from something that mankind has only just really started to truly dive into. What it has done to give us this mental virus that is taking part of our higher function offline so that it can use it to recreate the thought form that has given it life. What's going to happen if or when it all comes back online? Yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> Fun. Oh, God. I, I'm going to have nightmares like tonight, this. guys. I'm going to have bloody nightmares. <laughs> I say, yeah, this is this is that's 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 fun. That's uh, that's got a nice little touch to it. Yeah. Uh huh. <laughs> that one though, you can you can thank um, Trace for. <laughs> I, I I I I dedicate every nightmare I have to you, Trace. <laughs> I know she is so good mm-hmm. for it. <laughs> All right. So what do you have? All right. Bacterius Asimov. Not all life forms are macroscopic and sapient or malicious. One of the biggest journey-changing discoveries was in the form of these extraterrestrial anaerobic bacteria. Named after a science fiction author from the 20th century, these microbes have quite literally been a lifesaver to the crew. These bacteria are extremophiles and can survive in a variety of hostile environments. Additionally, they don't rely on oxygen to survive. But what makes these microbial miracles so special is that their waste product is oxygen. They have been able to extend the time of EVM, allowing crew to make lengthy yet vital ship repairs. They're now a key component for emergency medical packs. They've been used as catalysts to help keep certain experiments perfectly oxygenated. Well, these bacteria are mysterious and do require more study. The benefit to the crew and to the ship has been immeasurable. That is cool. <laughs> I was watching, believe it or not, I was watching The Prophets of Science Fiction the other day, and Asimov came up, and there, a writer had written himself into a corner, and Asimov was a, super smart in a whole bunch of other things. And he's like, no, no, here we go. Anaerobic bacteria. I'm like, wait a minute. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> So I, I, it's like, look, we we have all these creepy, spooky, you know, we're going to have to find something, maybe not nice, but at least beneficial, that actively trying to kill us. Oh, sure. So. Those things will mm-hmm. be there. I agree. I agree. But that also means it sounds like it may be my turn again. It is. And because I love comic books. I had to make sure I added some extra apostrophes into uh, some alien life form names. <laughs> I love it. The Kid Little Moria. There's an old saying that the enemy of my enemy is my friend. How do you truly know who falls into which camp? And while humans have formed affiliative bonds since time immemorial to help answer this socio-political shorthand, other options have evolved in the cosmos. One benefit to the occasional trip to a planet where you escape from the gravitic well of the Eden ship is to find new ways that a flora and fauna reflect and manipulate their biospheres. One such outing found a small outpost, perhaps, of symbiotic insectoids that used the local fauna as their hosts. Other jokes came quickly about how this was just like one of those old stories from back on Terra. This is another one of those movies or shows of body-snatching creatures. Well, the jokes were not entirely wrong. The Kettle Moria did require a host to survive for more than a few scant weeks, evolving on a lush world that was teeming with options. They identified a friend not by the shape of the host, but by the treatment of the host itself. 
While only a few dozen are currently aboard the ship, they are a pleasant change of pace. A gregarious and open, the Kiltamoria seek to out new experiences in these host bodies. Uh, they take them from the ailing and afflicted crew of the Eden ship and enhance the metabolisms of that host, and have proven quite accommodating to the requests of the host bodies. I mean, the host's own consciousness doesn't survive the process, but so far there hasn't been a rejection uh, by a human host either. The long, slow breeding cycle means it's decades before these dozens turn into hundreds, but when friendly and generous souls, even if they are insectoid souls, are trying to be helpful, how can you say no? A shame they didn't have a better technological grasp than the Eden ship's crew itself. <laughs> that is lovely. Oh, that's good. Ooh, mwah. That is good. Like oh, that it. is, man, we've missed you, dude. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's good to be back and stretch some of my my imagination in different directions. Yeah, definitely. Mm -hmm. But the good news is okay. that yeah, that means that Zen, round two. What? Okay, round round two. Fight. Wait, that's a different game. Okay. <laughs> Hmm, maybe we should work on that one. <laughs> Rydillians. Life is always something that humans have trouble putting out there. Past, is it a solid? Is it a carbon or silicone-based form of life that is also humanoid? These seem to be the big things that humans have decided are the way you can tell you have another life form. The universe is massive and still expanding, so life is going to show up in ways that humans might not really understand. What is that first law of thermodynamics? Ah, whatever. Well, we know that part of the human mind is electrical in nature. What if there was a race that was just energy? In comes the Rydillians, as we have started taking to calling them. What are they? They are a race of literally pure energy. They do not have a form that is physical in a way that humans can really interact with as pure energy. The big question humans have is, can they be a way for us to advance because, you know, humans, opportunistic. Is it possible? It is possible, but communication is hard between the two because the number of them we have found is only two so far. Does this mean that that is all of them? No, probably not. We're pretty certain there's more, but they're not very forthcoming with information about themselves. Since they are energy, they don't have the need for ships like we do. They can travel at speeds we cannot even begin to truly understand. So what do they have to offer us? Nothing that they're willing to explain to us. 
right now. <laughs> Maybe they're just seeing if we're worth trying to help before they do anything. Ooh. I like it. I think that hits your your goal of wanting something alien very well. <laughs> yeah. I like it. Yeah, something that's just what is really going on, nobody is really sure because, I mean, we can't possibly begin to understand what they are. Not really. I do like it. And people are, by nature, you know, what's in it for me? Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. So... All right, Jules, what do you got? <coughs> Besides the plane. Yeah. <laughs> that, that was me a few weeks Gravity ago. Gravity surfers. Very little is known about these strange creatures. The crew has started calling them star jellyfish due to their semi-spherical heads, baby, and long tendrils. Their semi-transparent bodies bend and warp light within themselves, creating a gorgeous tapestry of shapes and colors. They don't have any observable load of, mode of lo self-locomotion. They seem to ride the gravity waves produced by interstellar phenomenon, supernovae, quasar jets, stellar collisions, etc. As majestic as these creatures are, it's best to avoid them or risk damage to personnel and craft. While possibly intelligent, these creatures seemingly operate by having a distributed nervous system, not a central one. As such, each part uh, responds based on external stimuli with no overt coordination with any of the other parts of the body. So when anything comes into contact with one of their surfers, they immediately latch onto it with their tendrils, pulling it towards their translucent dome. These tendrils are incredibly sturdy. An elemental analysis of a broken tendril fragment shows a makeup of every known element and in some very strange configurations. But uh, back to the situation, when something is pulled into its luminant dome, it disappears from view forever. It's assumed that whatever was captured is broken down into its elemental parts and then integrated to the whole. So, while it's breathtaking to watch these magnificent creatures, please do so at a safe distance. Uh, that's cool. I like that the non-sentient notes earlier you had. Uh, yeah, that's a fun population of, of the world. Yeah, because yeah. I, I know because I'm I know so into my own head as it is. The only way I can kind of do something with we're alien to understand is either have a strange type of consciousness or uh, like non sentience, as it were. And then I can have because otherwise I'm like, okay, am I just projecting some of my own mental failings onto? Okay, this is alien kind of a thing. So I'm like, no, let's make it really. Let's have this work like a starfish. So it's just like, you know, you cut off one of the starfish arms, it's still going to crawl around trying to push food back to a mouth that doesn't exist. Right. So, yep, that was, <laughs> that's where I went. 
And I'll be honest, if you think about it, just like interstellar type of jellyfish that just bend light and put on like one hell of a light show. I'm like, we need something pretty to look at. <laughs> yes. I like that plan. Yeah. Definitely. Oh, I'm glad that you guys enjoyed that one. I was just kind of worried for a bit. <laughs> <laughs> you shouldn't have been. Oh, no. You shouldn't. Yeah. You shouldn't be. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's definitely been a while. And I'm what I'm really curious about for the hundreds listening live and the thousands downloading at home, what you think of the world that's been constructed so far, this setting, this, this idea of the Eden ship and, and what's been created. And so if you have the chance to find us on social media, I would love to hear from you and what you think is good, what you think is lacking, though preferably mostly what's good about this uh, setup and what you would yet like to see us cover. Especially on Facebook or uh, yeah, Twitter's still around. So if you're on Twitter, there we've got. Uh, you can find me on Instagram. All the the big places. I haven't had time to like reactivate a Tumblr or anything like that. <laughs> sea captains only. I, I I started ours up again. Then Zen has time to find you on Tumblr, or you find him on Tumblr. <laughs> you didn't find me. I, I'm not. Yeah. You can find me online at all the major social media outlets that I remember to check. Or you can yeah, go to SeizeTheGM.com for a handy set of links in the doodly-doo to find each and every one of us wherever your own heart may desire. Indeed. Yeah, give us a little updoodle, guys. Come on. If you like it, share us with your friends. You know, let's just put it this way. Interstellar sol- misery loves company. <laughs> Gotta have nightmares. <laughs> Well, at the end of the day, every single like, share, and comment helps the almighty algorithmic overlords find us, and we would like more people to hear us and take a look back at what we've done. And maybe if you are a GM, a game designer, a writer, come on board. Give us a give us a chance to give an interview. Talk to us. Tell us what you think. <laughs> Yeah, and yeah, let's just right. put it this way. You might inadvertently create another total fangirl like the, the Battle Lords of the 23rd Century did. Oh my gosh. Because I totally need to be a fangirl or something. <laughs> <laughs> I like too many things. That's one of my problems. It's like I've got too yeah. many things that I like. That's true. But hey, my thing is like if we somebody tells us about something awesome we didn't know about it the other day, our life is better now because there's one more awesome thing in it. So come on. Come on. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> Definitely. <sighs> well. And if you want to know some of the things that are going to be going on soon with the podcast and the environment surrounding it, and you are a member of our Patreon... We will be doing a uh, monthly chat from here on out. And in the next one, if there's people present, then they will be finding out what we are going to be working on. Or at least I will be Uh-oh. working on. Wahaha. So, with that being said... And before we go and leave you to your own creativity... 
We've got a few closing remarks, a few ideas, a few things to share with you to think about, consider, and, and ponder. And if you won't mind, especially because I'm talking a lot, because I've missed all of you wonderful people, and especially my co-hosts, I'll go first. All right, I heard nobody say no. Go for I'm it. In, I'm if you, anticipation. Yeah, it's like if you haven't already, yeah, I'm going to tell you to head over to the Evil Hat store and pick up Designers and Dragons. Right now, in early January of 2023, the TTRPG community is at a point of inflection, and the future of the hobby is, frankly, up for grabs. To better understand what futures may exist, one should always study the past. And The Incomparable Designers and Dragons is a four-book collection that I would always consult when I was preparing card catalog write-ups to get a near-encyclopedic overview of the history of the hobby, the large and medium-sized companies and personages that made it up. Each digital volume is, I think, only $10, so it is quite affordable, and it gives you a chance to support a smaller creator who's done some great work and to get a chance to learn a good chunk of TTRPG history and maybe with that lens of the past, be able to better see what the future could yet hold. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Indeed. Well, and since the last time I threw over to Zen, this time I'm going to throw to Jules. Hooey. All right. Well, the, the thing is that every, every, we all know there's a, there's a lot of upheaval, drama, worry and genuine concern uh in the uh tabletop rpg world the thing is uh one of the things that's at risk is virtual tabletop stream games and one of my favorites is dan jones and dragons dan jones is a he's an artist he is a video game streamer uh, he used to work on extra credits and now is just doing freelance and he has like his streaming channel but he runs a dungeons and dragons game for a whole bunch of other uh creators uh so we got uh dan floyd of uh playframe and we've got barry from various stream <laughs> barry kramer and a whole bunch and he puts together a dnd game and you know it's, it's not to make money it's not to but the thing is like he plays a lot of video games and he's like oh my gosh i want to put these type of elements into it and you get a whole bunch of other people to play video games and want to play a tabletop rpg with those kind of elements in it and it's great and they're all like uh quite talented artists and, and editors and stuff too so you know when they make their own stuff for it it's like you get to see a bit of the creative so he does live twitch streams and i enjoy the hell out of it and if you can't hit the stream, he puts uh, the videos, the videos on demand on his on his uh, streaming YouTube channel. is called "Cause I'm Dan Jones uh, Archive," and the the reason I like it, it shows a different way of getting kind of inspiration and you know uh, getting everyone on board with you know, hey, I'm inspired to do something inspired by Dark Souls. I'm inspired to do something from Neon White and figuring out a way to make that a tabletop or something. It's great. So, you know, I, I don't want to lose those kind of things. So my thing is like, if you find it, you like it. Cool. Yeah, definitely. So close this out, Zen. Okay. As you know, because this is a huge topic and that has been 
kind of exploded since the end of December. Um, and everybody is piping in with their interpretations of the things that have come out about the new OGL and what it means. And nobody aside from a few sources have actually seen the actual new open game license. Everything that we've gotten to see has been snippets and bits and pieces and nothing firm and confident, like concrete yet. But that being said, we as a community have a voice that should be heard. And with, if you have issue, number one, you should figure out whether or not the the OGL applies to anything that you're going to be doing or not. Now and in the future. And how it's going to work. But that being said, while I grew up with a, you know, a version of, of D&D that was controlled by TSR, which at the time stood for totally suing regularly. <laughs> I mean, TSR was notorious. They sued everybody if you did anything that would potentially infringe on their concepts even. And so with having had, you know, several decades of not having that be the case. Yeah, it's been 20 years, folks. The OGL started yeah. with 3.0, was dropped for fourth ed, came back for fifth. Yeah. And now while that is all great and good, there is out there right now, there is a letter that is basically, it's a petition is what it really is to keep D&D &D running under a more open OGL than the little bits that have been leaked to people. Until we actually see a final draft of the OGL, all of this is kind of moot, but if you feel like you need to say hey, I don't like what we've seen so far. Go for it. Sign the paper. Let your voice be heard. But you, if you're firing off this early, you don't really know what the end product is going to be. So keep that in mind. Without getting too deep, critique. Be vocal. Yeah. Be fair. And be succinct, because there's a lot of road left to travel in this. And if you <laughs> yeah. if you spout off too loud now, and you've got a good point later, there's a chance you're not going to be heard later. So be it's loud. A marathon. Be loud. Be fair in a critique. And be yep. and here's the thing. Also, be honest. If they come out with these draconian rules. And you will not buy in the future. You could say, if this happens, you will not get. I will not support this in any way. But you don't have to. You, know, you money grabbing, blah blah. You know, you know, 
No. That does nobody no, any good. That is true. But the and <laughs> that's right. However, stating that I find that you could say this will harm the hobby, this will harm the future of gaming, and I don't wish to support a company that will uh you know, that's going to do this. Uh, I will be voting with my dollars and going to you know, uh, a, a different publisher or supporting other ventures that create their own systems. Da, da, da. Yep. And I'll tell you what, if there yep. are enough people listening who want to hear a deeper discussion of, of what it does or doesn't look like from some of our standpoints, that may well be a Patreon chat that's coming up. So if you're interested, let us know. If you happen to join the Patreon and you really want to hear a discussion of what you know any of us do or don't see in what information we've got right now, say so, and uh, let's maybe make that the Patreon. Yeah. I would be more than happy to do that. I have thoughts. I have lots of thoughts. I know you do. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes, you do. And, and they're good thoughts. So. Yeah. Yeah, we'll just keep it at that for right now. As and those who know know why you would have those good thoughts. And here's the thing: <laughs> as things unfold and as think the scales tip or as the the horizon changes, you know how that will affect your GMing. If you're worried about that, reach out to us. Reach out with your concerns about hey, is this going to? If we have a a, a DMs collab kind of a you know. Reach out with questions about that, and we might not have the the legal expertise, but we're like, you know what? Hey, these are good things. What kind of things would you want to keep? Uh, what would you be worried about? Dot dot dot. If we it, and yeah. you might be able to help clarify your own thoughts just by emailing or chatting with another person. And at the end of the day, that's what the hobby is about: is supporting other people and supporting creativity. That's not going away, no matter what. So support your fellow players, support your fellow DMs, reach out if you need a hand, or if you just are looking for an ear or shoulder in this somewhat destabilized space right now. Tumultuous. Yeah, yeah. tumultuous is a good word. Mm. <laughs> this, is, this is kind of the time and place to do it. Yeah. But before we keep you too Definitely. long, and before we start prattling on. Have fun. Roll some dice. Play some games. And we'll see you back here next time. Bye. On Seize the GM. Really? I throw it to you, Zen, and you completely <laughs> drop that ball? Well, we're not used Plus to having you around. It's usually just between the two of us, bit batting back and forth. So, you know, we, give us some time. We'll get our feet. We get, give, give, us, give us another episode. We'll get it back. You promise. <laughs> say, say, everyone. All right, guys. And bye. Thanks for checking in. It was a blast sharing our thoughts and ideas on our time. We hope that you had a great time with us and can hardly wait to share the next show. In the meantime, let us know how you handled this topic in your own games. You can find us on most social media platforms, especially Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And if you want to follow us, search for Seize the GM. And if you just want to follow one of us, search for our names on the social media platform of your choice, or go to SeizeTheGM.com for convenient links. 
Seize the GM is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial Sharealike 4.0 International License. All copyrighted material referenced herein are held by their respective owners. No infringement intended and no claim of ownership is Once again, thanks to you, our listeners. We hope you gained some ideas for your ongoing games. Or the inspiration to run your first. Now get out there and play some games. Roll some dice. Be safe, and you'll hear from us again soon.